0: couple of things by way of uh, prayer requests as you grab your Bible and turn with me in it to Deuteronomy 31, uh, where we're going to start today, Deuteronomy 31. Um, You know, Wednesday night, Johnny was with us, but he said that he had had uh, some cancer cut off of his arm, and he was Friday to go in and have some cancer cut off of his neck, and they they cut as deep as they think will get it all and they run it they run tests and then if they didn't get it all the margins aren't good to come and cut deeper and they had to cut deeper on his neck. Um and Jeannie was here just long enough to tell us that he's uh, had headaches that uh he hasn't had for quite some time. He never has headaches, she's pretty concerned about him. And so um she was here just before Sunday school and, and then left because she didn't want him to be home alone. So we need to keep Johnny in our prayers for sure. Uh, Tuesday, he's to have uh, another one of those procedures done on his nose, some cancer that's on his nose. And um, as you and I, all we all know that, that Johnny's had his more than his share of suffering, and we need to keep him in our prayers and then also had a text, Debbie had a text from Sue Schrader. Their grandson that lives in Thompson Falls was injured in a football game. must have been Friday night, I guess, and um, they asked prayers for him. They, he's in the Missoula Hospital. I guess um, he has a level 4 laceration of a kidney and um, had blood in the urine, and so um, they asked prayer for ...for their grandson. Don't know a name there, but... uh, ...there may be other prayer needs. Um, We'll have a new prayer list out out on Wednesday. I didn't, even though I was at prayer meeting last uh, Wednesday night. I appreciate uh, Ron and and Chuck keeping the prayer meeting going in in our absence. But um, we'll have a new prayer list. I think I'm updated on that. But if anybody has any prayer needs um let let me know before you leave today, and we'll be sure and include that that list is never current uh We put out a list about once a month, and um as soon as we put it out there's new things changes and um so we'll uh, tend to that but um we uh encourage you to share with us prayer needs and and uh we'll Put them on our list and we'll be praying for the needs of God's people. One of the most important services of the entire week is our Wednesday night prayer meeting. And I appreciate those who are faithful to be there. I know not everybody can, but we have a good group of of men and ladies that that are there. And of course, with the things for families, with the uh, youth group meeting on a Wednesday night and the Bible club meeting uh, on Wednesday night as well. I don't know if today's message is going to continue the series that I have been doing this year, 2020, uh, entitled "Living the Life," uh, living a life that is satisfying and and um, steady and and something that is good for uh, the Lord, living a life for Jesus. Last week I uh, out of actually Deuteronomy chapter uh, 20. 30 it was last week, or no, 30, 30, uh, you turned to chapter 31 last week, uh, we were out of chapter 29 in Deuteronomy as a start place, if you remember, last week. Um, We pointed out, uh, choose life in in chapter, um, it was 30, not 29. Chapter 30, verse 19, he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. And, of course, that was in keeping with that series, Choose Life or Living the Life for Jesus. Um, Today, I don't know if this would fit in, but it very well could a message that I've entitled, uh, Fear Not. You know, as you look around the world uh, today, as it seems like every week there's changes that take place and and things that are happening that just kind of boggle the mind. It kind of all started back in March with this pandemic that, that came upon us. And um, there's just a lot of fear out there in our day and age and things that are going on that uh, cause this fear, and so I thought today I would uh, take a look at at that topic and um, see if we can learn some things with regards to fear in a message that I've entitled uh, Fear Not. Um, Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 through 9, I'd like to read, if you have your place there, uh, to get us underway here today. Deuteronomy 31, Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And, of course, I pointed out last week and again today that Deuteronomy is Moses' farewell message to the children of Israel. They were about ready to go into the promised land, and this was his challenge. He reiterates the, the law that he had given them and gives them these challenges there just before uh, he died and they went into the promised land. Uh, Verse 2 And he said unto them, I am an hundred and twenty years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also, the Lord hath said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord hath said. Um, remember they were, they should have gone into the promised land 40 years earlier. And yet they decided, well, we better not just go right in without assessing the whole situation. And so they sent 12 spies and you know how that all went. 10 brought a, a, evil report talking about how the cities were walled and the inhabitants were large And they made us look like grasshoppers in their sight. And, of course, Caleb and Joshua were the only two of those 12 spies that says, Well, listen, God commanded us to go. We are well able to go. And yet, because of the discouragement that these 10 spies caused for the entire uh, nation of Israel and their disobedience to just go and possess the land, they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And uh, so here we have them there on the east side of the Jordan River, the plains of Moab, ready to go into the promised land. And Joshua was going to lead them. Verse 4, the Lord shall do unto them as he did to Sion and to Og, kings of the Amorites. And of course, he's talking about those nations that existed, those city nations there in the promised land and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. Verse 5, And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that you may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that goeth with thee, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with the people into the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And Moses wrote this law and delivered it to the priests, the sons of Levi, which bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the truths that it contains, the eternal principles that we can stand upon, those promises that uh, will undergird us no matter what may come. Father, we realize that this year has been full of challenges, and sometimes, Father, challenges that might make us shrink back and and fear and and not move forward in the the way that you have uh, commanded us to do, such as we see here with the children of Israel. Father, I pray that uh, you would help us to uh, fear not, to be courageous, and to just move forward no matter what obstacle might stand before us and what Dangers There are, certainly there are dangers, Father, sometimes we are perplexed by what we see in our country and in, our, in this world. And yet we thank you, Father, that we know uh, the one, you, who is in sovereign control of it all, the one who will undergird us and strengthen us and use us and, and has declared unto us uh, what the end of all this is. And so, Father, we ask your blessing upon this time together as we study this topic of of fear here this morning and pray that you would help us to have a fear that that would be proper uh, in in thy sight. And we'll be sure to thank you for it, pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So many things to be afraid of. Some people are afraid of the economy. Some people are afraid of retirement income. Debbie and I are kind of getting adjusted there and, and figuring out just what a retirement income is and is there going to be enough uh, to see us through? Who knows what might come in retirement? Family issues that we face, trials and tribulations of that, sometimes just the thought of a disease or that diagnosis of cancer stymies us. Um, crime, and and this year coronavirus, uh, terrorism, uh, these mobs that we see on TV on a daily basis, and, and um, even with the death of a justice of the Supreme Court, uh, what lies ahead, we just, we can't even begin to imagine what might be there. Um, we might be afraid of this election. We know the dynamics that exist with this election, and... Um, God help us to do our part in this election. And yet, um, my friends, we realize that um, there's many things that we could be afraid of. So that's why I chose this topic. I guess it could be used in in keeping with uh, living the life Jesus style. Because if we live the life Jesus style, it doesn't necessarily mean we won't have fear. But we won't have the fear that will paralyze us and, and cause us to not do that which the Lord calls us to do. There's three areas of truth that I would like to examine with regards to this topic. The crux of fear, the course of fear, and the cure for fear. Um, I don't think, well, in fact, I know I'm not going to get through all of that here today just because there's quite a bit to uh, digest. So first of all, the crux of fear, the, the central or the pivotal point some might think, well, I know Christ is my Savior. I, I believe in him, so uh, I'm not going to have any fear. Well, no, that's not going to be the case. Uh, fear, just in and of itself, is not a bad thing. Uh, in fact, it's one of the emotions that God created us with, such as anger. Some people think, well, um, if you get angry, it's a sin. Well, it says, be angry and sin not. Just because your anger doesn't necessarily mean a sin, but anger oftentimes leads us to sin, as does so often fear. Fear is one of those emotions that God has given us, and it is there for a very good reason. Um, there are two types of fear that we see. First of all, there is a motivating fear that you find in God's Word. Um, Proverbs chapter 8, if you will turn there with me. Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs has a great deal to say about the fear of the Lord. And that's what we see here. A motivating factor. In Proverbs 8 and verse 13 it says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. And of course we realize it says in, in God's word that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom and the fear of the Lord. In fact, it's the same Hebrew uh, Hebrew words that are used uh, to fear not as it is the fear of the Lord or the wrong type of fear. Uh, They all interchange one with another. There are several different Hebrew words that are used, but um, a motivating fear. A motivating fear uh, is something that kind of fuels our senses of self-protection, I guess you could say, if if all of a sudden uh, f- fear comes. And I think everybody can identify with things that might have frightened you and, and, and made you genuinely afraid. Um, you know, where the hair kind of stands up on the back of your neck? Uh, I can remember um, watching... Through my camera, uh, as I was trying to get up high enough to photograph Iceberg Lake, all of a sudden I see this spot down there in the lake, and I zoomed in on that spot. Why, it was a grizzly bear. Sure as a world, in the lake. There by where everybody had been sitting that I just had left, and I didn't see anybody sitting there anymore. (laughs) That's a good thing. Um, And I just kept watching. And I say, through my camera, I had a 30-power zoom on my camera, so I was able to see pretty well at 30-power. And I uh, took lots of pictures, and all of a sudden, there's a second grizzly bear in the water. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Um, and I was wondering about the people back there, and uh, those grizzly bears were kind of working their way up the, the the lake shore, coming my direction. Well, I'd walked way up high, um, on a trail, and before long, these grizzly bears were coming my way. And uh, they were on that same trail that I was on. And uh, about that time, when they were well on their way up toward me, I see everybody that was down along the lake, uh, back in position on the lake, and yet they were all standing, looking my direction, waving at me like, like I hadn't seen that bear. I said, yeah, I see it, those bears. Um, I felt fear, as these grizzly bears were coming my way. And I backed off of the trail, gave them plenty of birth. Um, But that fear was a motivating fear. It was a fear that uh, started pumping adrenaline into my body. And and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I felt very unprotected with a little can of bear spray. You know, they say it's pretty effective stuff. And I have yet to try it. But I thought, well, I, th- they, I think this bear's has one good squirt. What about the second bear? <laughs> well, my plan was if, if they come my way, I'm going into the lake. Not that that would have done any difference for the bear. If he wanted to attack me, I can swim better than I could. But I thought, well, Iceberg Lake with the chunks of ice in it will at least numb me and I won't feel the pain. <laughs> As they were walking up the trail, all of a sudden one bear just charged straight forward, not toward me, charged straight forward, distance from here to the back of the church or, or more. Just like that. I thought, oh, goodness. Went behind a rock where I couldn't really see what he was doing and just started, the dirt was flying and the rocks were flying, and, and um, they were after ground squirrels. Um, not, not people. <laughs> Thankfully, they could have had plenty of people. But to get back after it was all over with uh, and talk to people, they charged a couple of ground squirrels back down as they were coming into the camp there where everybody was sitting and, and gave everybody a startle. Everybody had a story to tell. There was probably 25 people there from Chicago, from New York, from Montana, from all over the place. and uh, But that's, that's the type of thing that, that God has given us, that emotion of fear, so that you... You know, the adrenaline starts pumping, and, and sometimes the hair stands up on the back of your neck, and, and you're ready for action. Uh, it's, it's a God-given emotion, and there's nothing wrong with it just in and of itself as we think of motivating fear. Um, turn back with me to Genesis chapter 15, and uh, notice here this another example of motivating fear. In Genesis chapter 15, God makes or reiterates or uh, stresses again the covenant that he gave to Abraham. The first giving of that covenant was is seen in, in Genesis chapter 12 where he was going to make of, of uh, Abraham a, a great nation. And um, they would possess a land and, and that nation would be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And um, he even pronounced that I'll bless them that blesses you and I'll curse them that curses you. And that stresses the importance of our presidents and the continuation of our presidents' uh, love for the nation of Israel. Um, That's huge in the big scheme of things. But God appears to Abraham again in chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. So basically, he's encouraging Abraham to this motivating fear. This, every time you see fear the Lord or the fear of the Lord, uh, fear God, be not afraid. Uh, There are some uh, hundreds of times that we see the challenge that we have to this motivating fear. Uh, fear being uh, something that encourages us to take action, to, to, to bow before the Lord in awe and respect and realize who he is. He is creator and sustainer of all things. And his word is true and just and absolute. And he has told us in his word um, Everything that we need to know, all we got to do is, like the challenge in Sunday school was, open it up and study to show ourselves approved unto the Lord, rightly dividing the word of of God. So we see that there is a motivating fear. Many, many examples that could be brought out. But, you know, there is also another type of fear that is, I'm going to call a manipulating fear. A manipulating fear. And, of course, far too many people fall prey to this type of fear, a fear that overpowers forces, their forces, to to do anything about something or causes them to do something that they know clearly should not be done. A couple of examples of this in Exodus chapter 14. If you'll turn there with me, Exodus chapter 14, uh, the children of Israel had just left Egypt after finally, the, through the ten plagues, the plague of the firstborn, Pharaoh says, go, get out of here. And so they pack up, and of course the people, because of all the damage that had been done uh, to them, gave them uh Jewels and jewelry and and gold and silver it 's kind of like they spoil them although they didn 't do it in battle, and they leave and they go out and they're they're pressed up against the red sea and of course pharaoh uh you know he didn't keep his promise that you go and, and you serve your lord, he was going to go out there and destroy him. he followed hard with his army. the the mightiest army in the known world at that time. And in Exodus chapter 14, they were pressed up against the Red Sea with nowhere to go. And Moses said unto the people, verse 13, Fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show you uh, today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Now, Moses knew what the situation was. But here are these people, um, well, back up just a little bit and you'll see what these people are doing. Verse 11, they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? They were shaking in their boots, because here comes Pharaoh and his mighty army, and they were pressed up against the Red Sea. Nowhere to go. Moses says, don't have that manipulating fear that causes you to to chide against me and to chide against God and to to say bad things that aren't true. Stand still and watch the salvation of the Lord. And, uh, of course... You know how that story goes, but there is a manipulating fear. Turn over with me to chapter 15, just one page over of Exodus 15, and notice verse 16. This is uh, the deliverance after the deliverance as they walk through the Red Sea in, on, in dry land, and uh, Pharaoh made the mistake of following them across, and of course uh, God destroyed Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. And in, as they were singing this song, uh, it brings out this point here in verse 16. Fear and dread. Well, um, I got to back up. Verse 14. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestine. Stina. Uh, then the dukes of the Edom shall be amazed and the mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as a stone. And, of course, this is just uh, a song. It's words of a song. And yet a song that is talking about how, uh, you know, God's people, as they move into the promised land and just do what the Lord caused them, told them to do, the commands that he had given them, that that fear would come upon the people that would... um, make them do things that were not real good for their own well-being. And the fear uh, was upon them. And, of course, that's a manipulating fear. Um, Once again, what's it going to be as we think of the crux of fear? uh, Are we uh, gripped with a manipulating fear that kind of overpowers us with regards to things that are going on? I think if we lived in a big city we might uh, have reason to fear the mob action that's taking place and the burning and the looting and the carrying on the shooting of, of policemen and people in, in uniform um, but even with that you know coronavirus um, as Debbie and I traveled we were out there at risk there's no doubt about it every place we were um, was similar to here we slipped up to Des Moines and And that's the only big city that we really were in and and uh, went to a Perkins, and Debbie met there with margaret and and sue and and I met with Dr. Kober, and we social distance we wore our masks in and and then we left and um you know, God protected us, but there's some people that are just overwhelmed with fear of coronavirus, and um you know it certainly is a it's a virus that uh, we need to do what we can to take precautions against because, goodness sakes, look what it's doing. But you can have a, a motivating fear to help you to do that which is uh, right and good, or you can have a manipulating fear, not only just with coronavirus, but, but all of these things, um, the economy, um, you know, retirement, income, family issues. Uh, The fear of disease, the fear of uh, a diagnosis that's not going to be favorable to you, um, or there can be a a motivating fear. So this is the crux of fear. Let me go on to the course of fear. And as I talk about the course of fear, this course I've outlined before, but it's the same thing here with regards to to fear. Uh, It starts in the mind, our thought life, It goes to our emotions, I guess you could say that, our heart life, and then it finalizes itself with actions, Uh, our physical life, the things that we do or don't do. So, So that's kind of the course that we see. And of course, as we've been talking about living the life Jesus style, I have pointed out to you how that. Um, there's things that go on in the mind that, that um, will take us away from God and sometimes we can lose the battle uh, without doing a thing but just in our thought life. Um, as we think of the, the mind there are thought distortions that all too often um, take over And, of course, you can be certain that Satan's behind this, hurling those fiery darts, bringing into question where God has made a a statement, putting a question mark where God had put a period, and saying, hath God said, like he did with Eve, that example? Distortions or things that are twisted to have a false uh, connotation to it, an inaccurate view of, of what's going on. And so this is where we see here, and it, I think that it falls into uh, three areas. First of all, preoccupation with the past, uh, the past, present, and the future. There's a preoccupation sometimes uh, with the past. Um, you know, uh, this is kind of asking yourself, well, why, Lord, why things that have happened in the past and and we we come up against um ideas that that just haunt us in the past and and we just can't get over the things of the past and they take a grip of our life and and a, a preoccupation and and a uh, to absorb or to to engross to the uh exclusion of of proper thoughts with regards to the past um there's also um a Perversion of the present. By perversion, I'm talking about a misconception or to misconstrue or to misinterpret the present. To uh, see something and and our mind goes wild with regards to what we're thinking about that situation. That's the the what-ifs. The preoccupation with the past is If only. If only I'd have done this. If only I'd have done that. And we can get carried away with the if only's. With regards to the presence, the what if. What if thus and so takes place? What if I get coronavirus or cancer? What if the money isn't enough to get us through? What if um, we see some violence. Uh, You know, churches aren't immune to violence. Churches across America have been places where um, people have come in, and I think it's Satan-driven, as as all of this uh, negative stuff is, Satan-driven. But there's the perversions of the present, misconstrued conceptions of what's Before us. What we're going through. But then there's also a third thing. Past, present, and future. A paranoia of the future. An excessive. Baseless. Fear. Of. The future. Of what's tomorrow. And what's the next day. And and we get overwhelmed with that and, and fear sets in and we have a a manipulating fear. All of these things result in a, a manipulating fear, preoccupation of the past. If only this, if only that, a perversion of the present, the what if, such and such, what if? And this paranoia of the future um, baseless excessive fear of what might be tomorrow or the next day or a year from now or whatever. So here we see the course of fear. It starts in the mind. And of course, in the mind is also where we can have the cure for fear. In the mind, as we Talk about it, there can be thought distinction, I'm going to call it. In other words, to recognize a distinction in what I'm thinking about the past, what I'm thinking about the present, and what I'm thinking about the future. And in each one of these cases, uh, we turn to God's Word because therein lies the hope and therein lies the business. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And this is what we looked at as as we began um, uh, our series this year. Living the life for Jesus in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This kind of stresses this dynamic that I brought out. And I bring it out again here today. And I've brought it out many times before. Where we need to have a, a thought distinction rather than thought distortions. Verse 4, 2 Corinthians 10:4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And my friends, you could reference back to Ephesians chapter 6, which talks about putting on the whole armor of God, wherewith we can stand against the wiles of the devil. And if we raise up that shield of faith whereby we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and, of course, the armor of God, uh, our weapons are not carnal. They're not fleshly. We're not fighting a fleshly battle. We're fighting a spiritual battle. And Satan understands the dynamics of what's going on here. He's the one that puts these things into a distorted view so that we might have a, a uh, manipulating fear and, and And squelch our testimony for the Lord. Verse 5 it goes on to say about this battle that we're in and, and our weapons for the warfare. He says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what I'm talking about here. Thought distinction. Recognizing the difference. Are the things I'm thinking about with the past and the present and the future. How do they measure up within the truths of God's word? How do they come into my mind with regards to obedience to Christ? Um, we need to have thought distinction. In each, in each of these situations. Let me give a few verses with regards to the past. I could turn to uh, Hundreds of verses, but just a few, because of the sake of time, turn with me to Ephesians chapter um, 2. As we think of a preoccupation with the past, well, the past is kind of important to us. But we need to have a thought distinction, and we need to have thoughts with regards to the past that are worthy of our Savior. Ephesians 2 verse 1, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. My friends, there's none of us that can uh, destroy that thought. We all were sinners. We all stood in need of a Savior. In times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, that spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. My friends, we all were there. To a greater degree, some than others. I think back to my life. As I was just back in my hometown, little farming community of Lewis, those people knew me for the drug addict that I was. And yet, drug addicts can get saved. And God can use them. And uh, we all were there. We have to have a proper perspective, a, a distinction With regards to our past, among whom we also had our conversation in times past with the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That's the past. Yeah, there's no getting around that. But that's not where this passage stops. But God. Oh, what an injunction. But. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, Even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Oh, don't lose sight of that. As you think of the things in the past, uh, don't be preoccupied or absorbed with all the bad. Think of the good. Think of what God has done. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. My friends, if, if all we look at is, is the uh, if onlys. If only I'd done this. Well, maybe there was something that could have been done better. But what? how does the Lord tell us to deal with those things? You bring them under the blood. You confess sin. And he is faithful and just to forgive you of sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's how you take care of that. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. You know, there's some of the things of the past that we just need to forget. There's a lot of stuff in the past that we need to remember. Like it says over in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And the challenge over and again through the book of Deuteronomy to the children of Israel. When you go into the land and, and you're doing well, don't forget the Lord. As far as 40 years in the wilderness and and that pause in the life of Israel, that's something you can forget. And yet they had these things to to remind them, the the booths, the feast of the booths, seven days. They dwelt in tent kind of things made out of sticks uh, to remind them of those things. And yet the reminder was how God brought them through that. And provided for them and gave them manna and gave them water out of a rock. That's what it was for. The preoccupations with the past, my friends, don't forget. Your salvation. Don't forget God's blessings. And he goes on in Psalm 103. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? And crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies thy mouth with good things? My friends, as you think of the past, think on those good things that God has done for you in the past. Starting with salvation and moving on through your life. That's what you need to think about with regards to the past. It's a mind, thought distinctions with regards to the present oh goodness where would we start and where would we end Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 I am confident in this that he which hath begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ now that my friends is a promise of God even in the midst of 2020 whatever's going on in your life If you know Christ is your Savior, the Lord's not going to let you down. Hebrews chapter 4 and verses 16, 14 through 16, talking about our high priest. Who is tempted in all points like we, who does understand the things that we go through. Come ye therefore to the throne of grace. Boldly to the throne of grace that you might receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Oh, we have burdens. Things go on in our life right now that that could cause us to spin off to a a fear, a, a manipulative fear. Or they can spur us into proper action and dealing with things right. Unloading our burden to the Lord. Cast your cares upon the Lord, Peter says, for he cares for you. As it says in, in uh, Philippians chapter 4, that uh, we can not fret and stew about things, but rather with prayer and, and thanksgiving, uh, make your request known. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. First Peter 1.5, in the midst of, of all the blessings that it talks about, uh, the future blessings and things that, That um, uh, he reviews, he says, kept by the power of God. That's current, that's present, that's reality right here and right now for all of us who know Christ as Savior. We are kept by the power of God. And the things that are going on that seem to be spiraling out of control, my friends, have not taken God by surprise. We know the end of all of this. We are kept in the midst of it all, in the power of God. And then, of course, as we think of the future, i got to finish at least this much here today. Romans chapter 8. Goodness. One of multitudes of verses as we think about the future, the what ifs, what if, what if this, what if that. Um, starting with verse 28 We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You know what we need to do there, my friends, is just love God. And we know that all things will work together for our good. And that doesn't mean we'll escape trials. There's no way. In fact, Jesus stresses over and again that in this world we will suffer tribulation. How can we expect anything different? Look at the treatment Jesus got. If they treated our Lord that way, how could we expect if we live for him, anything different would happen? Verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, that goes back into eternity past. He did predestinate. I think that took place in eternity past too. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. That happened to me when I was 23 years old. Temple Baptist Church, Hutchinson, Kansas, where I finally came to know Christ as my personal Savior. He called. The effective calling. uh, Whom he called, then he justified. Declared me righteous that moment. And you too when you received Jesus as your Savior. And whom he justified, he glorified. That's eternity future. God's people are locked in place from eternity past to eternity future in the plan of God. That's the thought distinction we ought to have with regards to the future. And then he goes on to say, what should we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Well, there's plenty against us. But if you're on God's side, it doesn't matter who's against you. And go ahead, and I'm not going to take the time today because time has fleeted. And just read that whole passage. I am persuaded, verse 38, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying here? The course of fear starts with the mind, how we think. Sometimes we have thought distortions about the past, present, and future. May God help us to have thought distinctions. Thoughts that are worthy of our Savior in keeping with the truths that he has given us and the promises that we can stand upon. When we have thought distortions, it leads to emotional stress. You see this progression that I pointed out. Mind, emotions, actions. And that leads to physical issues. You head down this wrong path, and there's where you're going. It starts in the mind. But likewise, the cure, which we'll get into next week, we've we've considered the cure with regards to the mind, and yet we just kind of scratch the surface of it. There is emotional stability with regards to our heart and our feelings. And there are physical solutions. Doesn't mean we don't have our physical problems. But there are solutions. God-given solutions that will carry us through all eternity. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to consider this topic of fear. Help us, Father, to fear not, to not be afraid of what man might do unto us. Because of who you are and what you've done for us and the promises you've given us that we can stand upon. Have your way in our midst, Father. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.